Welcome to another episode of Two Guys, One Topic. I'm Liam. And I'm Ollie. For those of you that don't know, or for any new listeners, each episode we talk about a topic that we know very little about, and then we give ourselves one week to read and research all about it, with the idea being that we can then share what we feel are the most important pieces of information with you, the listeners. Yeah, that's exactly right. We are not experts in anything that we talk about on this pod, though. This is just a summary of our findings, but hopefully, by sharing some knowledge with you, we can all learn a little bit more about a whole lot of things. Definitely. Let's get on with this week's topic, which is the Guinness World Records. All right, Ollie, Guinness World Records. This is quite a fun one to research this week. Not quite so heavy as some of the other things we've done. Probably something that loads of people think they know an awful lot about or have definitely heard about. What did you know about this before you started? Yeah, I didn't know very much. Obviously knew about, you know, Olympic world records that people set or know about some, you hear some really crazy world records. But I was really intrigued to try and understand how did the whole thing come about, which... Um, I was really, really interested to know. And how do you then go about setting a record? Because I didn't really know anything about that. How about yourself? Yeah, quite, quite similar. I think um, I used to have loads. Of, I remember getting the book for Christmas every year. Okay, quite a long time. Um, so you know, you know, you know what it is, and you used to look through it and see all the crazy records: women with the longest nails, tallest man in the world, that sort of thing. But like you said, I don't, you know, how do you set one? How do you officially get to have one? Yeah. Um, something else that I thought was quite interesting, like. How is it still going nowadays? Like it's still a book and they still publish it. And like, yes, this is, we're in the 2020s now. Do, do, do people still buy books? Is it, <laughs> how is it still a thing? Uh, oh, that was quite interesting to go and find out. Obviously, immediately, I think we both went looking for why it's called the Guinness Book of Records. Yes. Like, has that got anything to do with Guinness beer? Yes. Yeah. Um, that, that was quite interesting to find out. Um, but yeah, I don't think I knew anything more than anybody else. It's a good one though this week. Yeah, like really it. good. Really good. Yeah, so should we jump in then, Liam? Should we Absolutely. get into it and see? Um, let's actually start then at the beginning and try and answer that question about why the word Guinness is involved. Do, do you want to explain it or shall I explain it? <laughs> well, the, the shortest way of putting it, which um, I love the idea of this, is that it was started to try and avoid arguments in pubs and solve the arguments that people were having in pubs. Yep. And the idea originally came from the guy who was the managing director of the Guinness Brewery. Yeah, back in the 50s, Sir Hugh Beaver. Um, he was at a shooting party, wasn't he? And they were shooting birds, I think, different different birds and and basically they ended up having a conversation about which was the or what was the fastest bird in Europe yeah him and the guys he was with and they had they basically had no way of finding out they were just arguing backwards and forwards it's this or it's that or it's this and and they couldn't find out could they yeah exactly so they, that was in the early 1950s and then in 1954 this Sir Hugh Beaver who was a managing director of the Guinness Brewery he then had an idea to run a Guinness promotion based on the idea of settling pub arguments. And so he decided to involve a few more people to try and put together a book of facts and figures. And he had two people involved, which were twins 
called Norris and Ross McWhirter. Yeah, they were their job. They were fact-finding researchers, weren't they, back then? Is that still a job nowadays? Probably. Yeah, he basically tasked them with go and find me all the go and find me a bunch of facts out this this sort of stuff that people might ask in a pub. So they went out, did some research. It took them apparently the first book took them 13 and a half 90 hour weeks. That's quite specific, isn't it? Yeah, and it apparently included weekends and bank holidays. Um, <laughs> and they put together the first book and the first, you know, what what has become the book of Guinness World Records. And over 66 years on, it is still the trusted brand and household name that people know that is continues to be a bestseller every year. And people go to it to as their reference point to solve arguments or to, to know what records are hold by whom. It's the highest selling copyright book in history, I think, is the correct way to explain it. It's sold over 147 million copies of the Guinness Book of Records. And la- in 2020, back to my question, if you like, do they even still sell them? They sold nearly 2 million books last year. Yeah, 1.8 million copies were sold in 2020 alone, which is is mad. When you think, like we're saying, we're in this digital age and publishing physical copies of, of published books is on the decline, that 1.8 million copies were sold last year. Yeah. It's sold in over 100 countries and in over 40 different languages. That's that's nuts, isn't it? That's nuts. They'd sold a million books within 10 years, in the okay. first 10 years. So imagine like way back in the 50s and 60s, they'd already they'd sold a million of them within the first 10 years, which is pretty nuts. And then just they, they've got a timeline that you can read. In 1987, the edition was published into 31 languages, which meant it covered more than 3.2 billion people of the world's population. Okay. At that point in, in 87, so... Yeah, it's been sold on a few times, hasn't it? Like the company. So it it became a company. Um, I guess Guinness, they, they what, what's it called? They spin it off as a separate publishing arm or something. It became Guinness Publishing, I think. Yeah, so what, what they had to do is they then, they then had to evolve as a business and they realised that there were other opportunities rather than just relying on the book sales every year that they then turned themselves into a, a full multimedia company so they they offer a whole range of different services and and products you know spin-offs of the books of fact books and they offer you know different services which we'll get onto later about how they make money um but yeah they've they've sold the the business on has been sold on a couple of times yeah but the name has remained so it's obviously the name is linked to it so i mean it's not going to hurt guinness is it that something they don't really own anymore has still got their name all over it (laughs) yeah is it worth us just pointing out so it started with this Sir Hugh Beaver having an argument when he went on a shooting party in County Wexford about what was the fastest game bird in Europe. Yep. Rather than leaving people in suspense, should we just answer that question? Oh, is anyone, would anyone believe me if I told you it was the golden plover? <laughs> what even does that mean? Is that even a bird? So yeah, if anybody's wondering, if that comes up in your pub quiz, the fastest game bird is the golden plover. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and then, yeah, it's still going today. Um, yeah, like you're saying, they, you know, they've got stuff like you. I don't know if you remember watching it as a TV program. It was on a TV yeah. program when we were at school. They used to yeah. have it. You know, they've got that is still a thing that's still going. Um, they've got museums of it. Stuff, you know. Yes. There's all and kinds of um, like parts to the the company, I guess. Yeah. Um, so it's selling the rights. Yeah, to use Guinness World Records, it's selling the rights of that for TV shows, and it's probably. 
something which is worth pointing out. It was originally called the Guinness Book of Records. But as they've evolved over the years, they've dropped the name book because they've got all these different arms to it. Yeah. So it's now just yeah, yeah. Guinness World Records. Yeah. Yeah. That they've got a TV show in China called Genesee China Nights. And in China, it has viewing figures of 450 million people. Wow. <laughs> wow. So, uh, yeah, I'm not sure the one I used to watch. I think it had Chris Akabusi on it or something. <laughs> I'm not sure that had 450 million people watching it. And Roy Castle, is that right? Am I yeah, yeah, exactly. Right yeah. program? Yeah, that's the right one. Um, but so, yeah, so that, that's sort of the, the canned history of the last 66 years of how it started and how it's grown to be more than just just a book. But is it worth just going into now maybe a little bit about, so what is a Guinness world record title? Yeah, they've got rules, don't they, about what a, what the record has to be in order to count. Yeah. Um, and also they only recognize, just quickly, they only recognize for a start world records. Um, it's not, it's, there's not national or country specific achievements it's you, you're the best in the world at this yeah um but yeah they they must fulfill key criteria which include some things it's got to be measurable so fastest longest heaviest most it has to be breakable you know it needs to be someone else needs to have be able to have a go at it uh, they must be open to being challenged have you got some other ones do you want to you say some of the other ones yeah it needs to be that you could, verifiable so that you can actually claim that or prove that that it has actually been achieved. And then it's based on particularly one variable so that there is a unit of measurement that's included within the, the record that you're breaking. Yeah, and one of a quite, I, I think this one's quite important. It needs to be universal. So if you're going to break a record, it needs to be something that is known to the world's majority. It cannot be too specific or regional. So I, I don't know if you live in a jungle somewhere and you're going to break the world record for something that you can only do in a jungle. Yep. <laughs> the rest of the world are going to know what that is or be able to do it. <laughs> I don't know. I, I was thinking on my feet, but I, I couldn't get a word out. <laughs> well, it's probably, it probably leads on nicely to then some about the rules around setting the records and they're, they're quite specific. So they, they have, they have record keepers and they have people who then decide what records can be broken or should be broken but before that they they give you some some rules around they don't accept any applications that are based on subjective measures so where i was saying it has to be a unit of measure so they, they don't accept things that are subjective such as beauty or kindness or loyalty yep um, they also need to they need to make sure that it isn't too specific to a single person so it, you know it, again coming back to that it should be breakable yeah. um and they as part of the rules they then also don't allow things that are potentially harmful or dangerous to the spectators or animals that are involved or minors not not minors as in minors as in underground miners i mean minors in underage people do they they don't they don't um anything that's unsuitable for a minor yeah they, they won't um they won't let a record yes exactly so if, if you and i Liam, if we wanted to go and set a record if you and i decided that we thought there's something that, that we could do how would we actually go about setting a world record it is dead simple you go onto their website and you apply that is basically what you do you go on you say what you want to do 
Um, you say how you're going to do it. And then they have a, a bunch of, they call them records category specialists, and they will assess what we've said. Um, and they will see if A, there is a record already existing of that, in which case they will tell us what we need to do to break it. Or if our record is too close to something that already exists, they will suggest that we do that one instead. So they don't have all these tiny variations on records. Like if they're all close to each other, there's just, there's one. Yep. Um, I don't know, stacking white sugar cubes versus stacking brown sugar cubes that, you know, they'd say do the white sugar cubes one, or, I don't know, something like that. Yes. And, but yeah, or like the things we've said, if we've, if we've applied to break a world record that actually is dangerous, they will just say no. Um, but if they accept it, what they will then do is they will send us a bunch of guidelines. They will tell us, right, you must, I don't know, the sugar cubes must be from this shop. They must be this size. The table must be this big. Yes. The camera must be at this position. Um, that's what you, and then, and then you film it. Typically you film it nowadays, um, take pictures as well. And then you send it, then you send it back to them and they verify it essentially. Yes. And in 2020, they verified or they approved 6,000 records. Wow. So I wonder how many they actually got sent in if they only verified 6,000. So they receive over 50,000 record applications every year. Oh, wow. So it's, as that's getting on for 1,000 applications a week. Yeah. Put it in, in that way. Yeah. Um, they, they do limit you to submit three applications per 24-hour period. So there yeah. must be people who are you know, submitting loads, but yeah. So they, they have around 50,000 applications every year. And then in 2020, 6,000 got approved going down the, the process that, that Liam just spoke about. Yeah. So essentially go onto their web, you literally go onto their website and you go apply and you can apply. You can search on their website for their records, can't you? So you yes. can search up, you know, if you've got an idea for a record, you can actually, because if it does exist, then it's going to be accepted. You've got much more chance of it being accepted if there is one already of it. Yes. Because- you know, you're going to just be trying to break it. Um, but yeah, you can search them up. And there, there are some records that get broken more often than others, aren't there? There's some that people have a stab at that they think, you know what, I could do that. And it doesn't seem too ridiculous for them to try and give it a go. I mean, one of them that I read was the longest DJ marathon. <laughs> so just yeah. carry on DJing for hours and hours and end, and then you could break that record. Yeah. Other one, like the oldest people in the world, that must get broken all the time because obviously you know, people do die. So you have a really old person and then suddenly you've got another old person. Do you know who holds that record at the moment? Uh, no. It's a lady called Janine Louise Calment, and she lived to an incredible 122 years old and 164 days. Yeah, so she's not the oldest person in the world right now. She's the oldest person who ever lived. That's right. So yeah, she was 122 years old. That's unbelievable, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, Imagine yeah. That. That. Jeepers, that's a very old. Um, do you get paid when you break a record? No. Do you get money? <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> You're just doing it for for the for the love of getting yourself getting your name in the book and holding that that title. So the Guinness Book of Records, sorry, the Guinness World Records because they've obviously updated their name. So they, they're they just out there to inspire ordinary people to entertain and inform. And so what they want to make sure of is that they have no bias, that they yeah. remain impartial, and that any records that people try and undertake is off their own back. And okay. they, they won't get involved to sponsor or donate money to charity or what, what have you. 
You have to do it all, all for yourself. But they do make money though, don't they? Guinness World Records. We were saying earlier about, you know, the, the fall in physical book sales and they've slightly changed their business model, haven't yes. they? Yeah. Um, it comes back to the, the adjudicators that, that we were mentioning earlier. Yeah, so these are the guys who you see, you know, if you see a record on telly, you know, a, a big TV program, Britain's Got Talent or whatever, they will have a guy, won't they, stood there with his clipboard and his stopwatch or whatever. Yes. He's an official adjudicator. So in that instance, they won't need to film it and send it off because the guy's there and then going to go, yeah, you've done it. Yes. But getting that guy to be there is very expensive. Yeah. Yeah, it, can it be, is. Uh, it can be up to a, a half a million dollars. Which Anywhere is between mad, isn't $12, it? $12,000 and half a million dollars. But they've realized like big companies, you know, they get promotion. If they've got a big media event or a big launch or something, if they can then break a world record there and then, that that gives the company, Reebok, Audi, um, these sorts of companies have, have done this in the past where they, they've launched something. They've had a huge, massive event where they've broken a world record. Um, and obviously Guinness World Records have made money off of that. Yes. Yeah, um, that's right. And so, yeah, that, that's a, an enormous amount of money. But is it that you're looking at around $10,000 was the amount that I quoted for you to then get an adjudicator out to your event from, from 10,000 all the way up to, yeah, and yeah, then decide yeah. like how complicated it is and how big the record will be, how much effort needs to go into it yeah. on, on what their pricing is. So yeah. So if anyone's listening now and they're thinking of setting a record and you want an adjudicator to come out and be with you, it's like minimum $10,000. Yeah. Because also it happens there and then. That So if me and you were to attempt a record, it takes weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks for them to watch our video and then yep. confirm it. Yep. And also, if we have any questions about our record, like, oh, can I use this sugar? It can take them three weeks just to reply about that. So you end up with a really, really long time to get your record confirmed. Whereas it, obviously, if you pay money, you can expedite all of that process and they will they will assign somebody to talk to you immediately yeah. And they will okay your record straight away, uh, you know, those sorts of things. Do you know, this took me a little bit by surprise, seeing that they only have 70 adjudicators. Uh, yeah, well, in the whole world. Yeah, I don't know. I, like, I guess it does make sense because there won't be people paying tens of thousands of, of dollars or pounds, what have you, to break every single record. But I just thought, I just thought there'd be more than 70 people. Aren't they only in, like a dozen countries or something and 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 like they don't speak i read it it's on their website somewhere isn't yeah, it don't they 15 countries and 17 languages yeah so like yeah that's not many people is it to send around the world no <laughs> i don't know why i just thought there'd be more more adjudicators than, than what there are but well you know with social media and stuff nowadays you know maybe it's that you can upload stuff straight away and they don't need people to be there like people mm. are uploading these videos much quicker with much higher quality cameras, uh, you know, and much higher quality production values that actually they don't need an adjudicator there because, you know, this guy's got 12 cameras around him and a whole lighting rig so we can tell straight away that he's done this. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But given that there there are so many records that have been broken that you'd be a little bit upset if your record doesn't make it into the book. Wow, there's too many, isn't there? That. They have so many. They, don't they only they only put like four thousand in a year? Yeah, don't they or something like that. So, you know, you just might not be lucky that year, I guess. So they they say that they have got fifty eight thousand records 
on their database, but obviously the book can only be of a certain size. And yeah. so they only put 4,000 records in the book. And so it's just a really tough decision for the, the editorial team and the editor in chief to then decide what actually makes it in for publication. I wonder if it's like to do with what's relevant that year as well. Things yeah. like that, like, like what, what is trend? What, what, what sorts of things are we going to put in this year? Because yeah, it's yeah. now something people are talking about. Highest viewed TikTok video. <laughs> yeah. One thing they've stopped. I, I said this to you earlier in the week. They've stopped accepting records to do with fastest musician. Yeah. Yeah. yeah go and say. Because that what they've realized is these musicians are getting so fast that even when they slow down the videos that they get sent, they cannot judge the quality of what they're playing because they're now playing the music faster than the video can film it. <laughs> yeah. So they've now, they've basically said, we will not accept any more records based on fastest musician. It's just noise. Um, just noise, basically. Yeah, well, yeah, how fast does a violin go when you're at full whack? <laughs> that sort of thing. <laughs> there's, um, there's, a, there's someone in particular, though, isn't there, who sort of made it their mission to try and hold as many records as possible. Yeah, his name is Ashrita Furman. And first of all, get on YouTube and watch some of his records because yeah. they're just ridiculous. <laughs> so this guy, he's in his early 60s. He has set more than 600 records yep. and currently holds approximately 200 of them because yes. obviously people are breaking them all the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's, he's, he set a goal basically just to, just to keep breaking records. He studied with a with a spirituality leader called Sri Chinmoy okay. in, in America. And, and he learned the principles of self-transcendence, which involves overcoming limitations and developing spirituality and a deep understanding that nothing is impossible. Oh, Having nice. done that, essentially realized that anything's achievable with a strong sense of <laughs> you know, willingness well, to try. One, one of the things that he's, well, yeah, a few of the examples of what he's put that into practice then, that he, he held the most hops scotch games in 24 hours the fastest time to pogo stick up the cn tower which yeah. was a really tall tower in chicago is it toronto ollie come on all right oh yeah sorry um what else has he done he's also he's completed the most jumping jacks that was his succession. first one yeah that was the first one he did um, that's twenty-seven thousand jumping yeah, jacks in succession which is pretty nuts longest underwater cycle distance he's one of the videos i watched is put him putting out blow torches with his tongue the most is i don't know it's like 45 or something or 48 or something like that and they're all lined up all these blow torches on full whack and he just walks along the line one at a time sticking his tongue on them to put them out like how do you practice that in in the first place what how do yeah. you do the first one yeah yeah, yeah. Imagine yeah. it's easy once you've done it, but who wants to put their tongue on a blowtorch? Yeah. Longest distance balancing a milk bottle on his head. <laughs> oh, I saw another video. Yeah, I saw a video of him balancing a lawnmower on his head. And we were talking earlier <laughs> about um, um, the guidelines they send you. So one of the guidelines they sent him is that the lawnmower has to be commercially available in that you can just walk into a shop and buy it. And it has to weigh at least eight kilograms, I think. I think it was eight kilograms. Okay. But like that was their guideline. So basically, you know, they said to Ashrita, right, go out and buy a lawnmower that anybody can buy, not a toy one. And then he just, there's a video of him walking around just with it balancing off his nose or something. 
You must you must um, find it funny if you're working in Guinness World Records office, receiving these applications in of all these crazy things, and then thinking, "All right, go on then. Yeah, balancing a lawnmower on your head, we'll accept that. That can be a Guinness World Record." I mean, for me, I always think like the the proper records, like the Olympians, Usain Bolt running as fast as he can, yeah, and all yeah. that. They're they're like the the real records, aren't they? Yeah, um, there is a little thing about that, isn't it? Um, they do say because I I did wonder whether the world the records when they're at the Olympics are they are they adjudicated by the Guinness World Records? Yep, is that the same people? And it turns out it is. They they record records directly involving performance in sport, but only those which occur at top level professional, international, or preeminent amateur events such as the Olympics. Okay, so they, they they do track. Um, athletics and sporting achievement, but only at the very highest level. So if I took a video of you now outside running 100 metres and sped it up a little bit on the video and tried to submit it... Would not count. Would not <laughs> eight count. and a half, eight and a half seconds, 100 metres. No. So, uh, but yeah, seriously though, uh, just sidetracking slightly, this Ashrita Furman breaks some records. It's He's properly nuts. I saw another way, the, the longest, uh, the longest... Somebody has rolled an apple with their nose. <laughs> it's mental, some of the things he does. Like, it makes me want to go out and try and break one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just as then say, you hold a Guinness World Record. Right. We did say what we would do, didn't we, this week, is we'd have a go at firing some records at each other and see you can, so you can find the best world record. Yes. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. did you, let's do three each. Then we'll see. We'll, we'll maybe ask people to comment when they've listened to this. Uh, who had the best free? Who had the best world record that they found? Um, <laughs> obviously, you could, you know, there are loads. You can find them online. Go on. Do you want to go one? Yeah. So my first one that I've got is the most metal eaten. So this was ah. by, this is by a guy called Michael Lot Eto, and I love to think that that sounds like Lot Eat. Oh, <laughs> Michael Lotito, and it's related to food. Um, he ate nine tons of metal over the course of his lifetime, including a whole Cessna 150 airplane. That is mental. He discovered that he could eat like non food objects like dirt and glass um, when he was nine years old, and he sort of just carried on doing it. And he died of natural causes, apparently, at the age of 57. Hmm. Not because of lead poisoning or something. Then. <laughs> Who knows? Okay. I like this one just because the picture's funny if you go and look at the picture. A guy called Joel Strasser from the USA set the world record for having the most toothpicks in a beard. And it, it took him three hours and 13 minutes to put three and a half thousand toothpicks in his beard. And that's... It, we'll have to get that up on Instagram or something because the yep. picture of that looks really funny and fake, but it's genuine. So he also would have to put toothpicks in a beard. Nice. Um, my next one is the furthest milk squirting distance but i'm not talking about from the mouth or even the nose i'm talking about from someone's eye oh. <laughs> so we'll put this picture up on uh, on instagram and, and online as well and it's a guy called ilka yilmaz he snorted an entire glass of milk and then squirted it 279 centimeters which is about nine foot two um whilst in turkey and he beat the previous record, which was 8.7. So, yeah, squirting milk from your eye over nine foot. That's disgusting. Yeah. Uh, okay. 
Well, that is disgusting. That's made me stop. Um, right. Most tricks performed by a pig in one minute. <laughs> 13, apparently. Apparently, there's a pig that can perform tricks and he can perform 13 tricks in one minute. <laughs> Have that. <laughs> and then this is my final one, which I, I think was a bit bit weird. This is the most lawsuits that have been filed. So there was a guy called Jonathan Lee Richards, and he sued over 4,000 companies and individuals, and he holds the world record for the most amount of lawsuits that have been filed. He's set suits against Bill Gates and the Pope. Um, and when he found out that he held a Guinness world record, he decided to sue Guinness. <laughs> what a weird one. Okay, I've got one here, and this I saved this till last because... Everybody listening to this can have a go at this. This is the longest coin spinning duration, okay? Now, I actually know the guidelines to this, so we can actually officially try and do it. Okay. Okay. So you need, you must use a 10 pence piece on a flat surface that is no more than one meter by one meter. Okay, so I guess, so it doesn't fall off the table. So you have to have a meter square table or less. Um, And the record is 25.7 seconds. Wow, that feels achievable, doesn't it? That's why, yeah, I I read that and I I immediately went looking for a 10p. (laughs) Surely that can be doable. So yeah, there are 25.71 seconds, a 10 pence piece on a flat surface that is no more than one meter by one meter and you can film it and send it off. Nice, nice. I think we'll, we'll try and give that a go. But there's, there's all these different records and, you know, for the last 66 years, people have been breaking these records, but they've, they've had to rein some of them back in, haven't they? Or stop publishing them or, or discourage people from trying to break them. And this is more under the ethical and safety issues that yeah. happen with, with some records. Yeah. So there are some things that they've, they've basically, they, they will not accept anymore. And they've got a massive long list of them, such things as, Stuff that affects the environment. So things like the biggest release of balloons or sky lanterns, they won't accept that anymore Yeah, because for obvious reasons. Yeah, not environmentally friendly. There was one that I saw, which was they've stopped accepting the record for the heaviest fish because then that was encouraging owners to then overfeed their fish beyond what was the bounds of being healthy and therefore it wasn't fair on the fish. So that, that goal got removed. Yeah, and um, they they also they don't necessarily discourage it, but things to do with like mass eating or when they make something like a huge cake. Yeah, they need to you you have when you apply, you have to say what you're going to do with it afterwards, and that it has to be dispersed amongst people, I guess. Um, yes, or they won't accept it. Yeah, I think that that's quite cool where they're saying that it, yeah, if if you then don't distribute it and give it to people to eat, if it's a mass food challenge, that they. Um, they won't count it as a record because it's not not met the guidelines. Yep. A couple of the ones which came up actually in our sleep episode. So if people haven't gone back and listened to our episode about sleep, the world record for staying awake was 11 days, but they'll no now longer accept people staying awake. And they also won't accept things like people being buried alive. Yeah. Or speeding on public roads. Like at some point were loads of people just like applying. Can I break the world record for going down the M4 at- 200 miles an hour then, <laughs> or i think it was yeah like traveling across country like who can do route 66 the fastest or yeah you know wh- whatever it might be and they're just it's not safe for the public to have those type of um records in place they've also stopped doing stuff like the world's heaviest person because again okay. 
that's not good to encourage. So it's it's quite interesting all these different rules they've got about things that they won't allow in. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, why is there not a rule for this? Because it might not be ideal to encourage people to do that sort of thing. Definitely. And that I reckon just talking about all the things that aren't allowed to go in for ethical and safety reasons probably wraps up everything that I think we wanted to cover on the Guinness World Records. Anything else you want to add? I, I have got to add a two guys, one topic takeaway. I think that's a good idea. In there. But yeah, I think, yeah, like you're saying, I think we've covered most stuff. I mean, if there's something else you would like us to find out, please let us know. But let's get straight on to some takeaways. Um, hopefully, if you listened last week, Ollie went with the world's longest takeaway. <laughs> hopefully you've learned a lesson. And uh, this week's takeaway is just a small thing. Can I apply for that to be a Guinness World Record? You could have, yeah, right. Everybody sit down, get a cup of tea ready, a cup of biscuits. Ollie's about to tell you a short two guys, one topic takeaway. <laughs> so my two guys, one topic takeaway this week is there's a guy called Jack Keys, who is 23 years old from Londonderry, or Derry of Northern Ireland. And he was in the 1970 edition of the book for drinking 36 pints of beer in 60 minutes. <laughs> which is i can't believe it that is absolutely mental 36 pints of beer in 60 minutes and he did it in blackpool which is a town in lancashire northern england in 1969 wow that's amazing that's amazing so what's your two guys one topic takeaway so in 1984 what what happened? Lots of people started collecting pennies and currency in America, like to have the world record for having the most pennies or something. Okay. The US mint, so that, you know, the people who make the money in America and control like the money situation, asked the Guinness Book of Records to stop accepting claims for the world record for having the most pennies. Because <laughs> so many people were hoarding the pennies that it was obviously affecting the economy somehow. <laughs> that is. <laughs> that is mental. So, uh, but what? Why? You'd think it'd just be one person would be like. How can there be so many people collecting pennies or coins? Yeah, but it would affect the monetary economy or whatever it would be in such a way. So yeah, so, so there nice. are no more claims on that because the U.S. government stepped in and said you can't do that anymore because it's messing everything up. Well, that's pretty serious. Nice. And on that note, then, as we've done our two guys one topic takeaway. That leads us nicely on to listener messages. Seriously, we've got to change that music, Ollie. Right, go on then. Read us a message. <laughs> so again, just I, I thought I'd read out another one of our Apple podcast reviews. Yeah, do it. Super appreciate it. If people, if you can just take a minute of your time, um, if you feel like you can leave a five-star review, great. We welcome any feedback that people have, but I've got one here and this is from OWPC and it says, great idea, five stars, a great listen, rather amusing whilst actually learning something obvious that Ollie and Liam have been friends for some time. Oh. Great pod. Who, who, is that your mum? <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. No, that, yeah, so thank you very much, OWPC, whoever whoever that is. Thank you for yeah, your message. Definitely. Yeah, like you said, you know, if you've got two seconds and can do that, it does help, doesn't it? It does help. Definitely. Um, like so, Liam, just on, on the Guinness World Records, so after a week of researching it and looking into it, what do you think you know about the subject now? 
Well, I know the history of it. I definitely didn't know that. You know, if somebody asks me about the Guinness World Records, the first thing I'm going to say, and hopefully everybody's going to say is, hey, do you know why it's called the Guinness World Records? Yep. And I think, you know, like we said, we said in the first series, you know, if, if all it does is promote a five minute conversation, I think, I think that's where, that's the main thing I'm going to, t- you know, that's the thing I'm going to remember. I might yes. not remember all of these world records, but I think I'm going to remember that forever, I hope. So. Yeah. And I love the idea that it started out as an idea to help solve pub arguments. How cool is that? If you're on the way to the pub now and you end up getting into a conversation with somebody about, you know, what was the longest, fastest, shortest, tallest, then you can say to them, ah, do you know? Yeah, yeah. Head on, on a little podcast, two yeah. guys, one topic. Yeah. Do you Give know how, how it all came about? Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, that about sums that up. So thank you very much for listening, everybody. We are out of here. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. We hope you enjoyed that episode all about the Guinness World Records. If you have any comments or feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Get in contact with us on the social channels at Two Guys One Topic on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Hopefully, you've learned something this week and you can get out there and share some knowledge. <laughs>